0: welcome to episode 76 of the grip strip podcast the phil turned into Ayrton senna so he'd saved himself from flooding out his car in the rain edition of the grip strip podcast um i'm gonna go and preface this right now for everybody who is in louisiana and any of the place any of the states that have been affected by this hurricane we get it here in new jersey josh of course all the crazy weather events that happen in Florida I'm sure um he's went through but um we we're thinking of you praying for you we'll hope you'll be able to get through or recover um, I mean 2006 with Katrina I mean we there's still recovery going on from that and now you're getting affected again but you think about Katrina how everything happened and Drew Brees and Sean Payton came in there and reset a whole entire franchise. Um I think in a lot of ways, you know, the way we talk about what we talk about here on a GSP is removing ourselves from regular life and the craziness that happens and that's what it is. We talk about racing, we talk about sports, we talk about whatever we're passionate about with Josh it's his sim racing and how good he is. For me it's my bowling and how good I am and fundamentally we're friends we're bros and we hope you as listeners enjoy it as much as we do here on the gsp my name is philip matthew i'm here with my brother my co-host my right-hand man the smart guy on this podcast the one that actually speaks properly and doesn't curse and actually is (laughs) is 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 a very well-mannered person the guy who is trying to win my money or win our league, the the grip the not grip strip. I mean that'd be interesting. We should do a grip strip league to try to get followers, see if anybody would show up. But uh the fall brawl league got a lot of trades going on in there. We'll see if we can get it in on this podcast. Might have to do a Friday show just so we can go do an episode seventy seven just to talk about the football. But um what's going on with you, brother? Getting ready yeah. for football season, get ready for the playoffs in NASCAR too.
1: Yeah, that's true. You know getting ready for fantasy football serving I, mean, I got a second league that i uh, just joined as well for you know some other people that i know but you know ready to get into your league or speaking of which i gotta gotta send you that money you know because um you know gotta pay into that uh fall ball league that you know ready to do it and you've been watching um be uh i don't know if you know the cd show called the league it was like around yeah. like five or six years ago it's one of my favorite shows i I love that show i started watching that show like the other day and it's freaking hilarious oh yeah (laughs) i was like damn this this should be everybody's league and i yeah ironically like the first fantasy league well um not the first fantasy league i joined but the first fantasy league that i created i actually called it the league and i had forgotten about the uh the actual TV show, like it was like actually named the league and it was not like directly referencing the, uh, at the TV show or any of the dynamics in it. And like when I created it, um, I wanted it to be, uh, unlimited trades and, uh, like unlimited free agency. So like it, there was no waiver wire, like at all, like, you know, it was supposed to be like cutthroat and yeah. all that stuff. Just like and watching the TV and was like, this is what I wanted my league to be like when people like to like really be cutthroat and like savage with each other and didn't really turn out that way but you know that's i was like man i had this idea in my head for like a like you know a long time ago and like this is actually on a tv show while i had the league or yeah the league and i didn't even watch it back then and now i'm watching it like five years later so yeah that's pretty funny oh,
0: god that's where We're going down a rabbit hole that we're going to have to do on Friday when we do this second episode because now now I'm going to end up having to do the copy (laughs) editing and everything. There's going to be a two-episode week here on the GSP because now we've just gone down a fantasy football rabbit hole. But what we're going to talk about on this podcast, at least, is the craziness that happened at Spa, the Belgian Grand Prix. They called it the Belgian Grand Prix.
1: Belgian Grand uh, Force.
0: That Yeah. (laughs) Um, for, uh, 80,000 people and Lewis and most of the racing drivers there. And, um, it was a basically parade in rain, uh, basically in conditions akin to what I just drove home from the bowling alley in, um, but in formula one cars. And they literally just drove two laps, which was a joke. Um, the shortest Grand Prix in the history of formula one and the awarded points too. Um, we'll talk about the good George Russell. We'll talk about the bad everything else. Uh, we'll also talk about Daytona, uh, you know, YRB two consecutive wins for the first time in his career, and he is an he basically is the only Ford that I see. But we'll get into it. You know, we'll talk about all the Chevys, Hendrick benefits as the way everything has been, or Gibbs benefits. I think when we get into the playoff preview, which we'll do, we'll talk about Daytona, both the uh, Cup and Xfinity. We'll also talk about playoffs for the Cup Series. Xfinity's at Darlington getting closer to their playoff. Truck will be, Trucks will be there for their second race. Sheldon Creed's already locked in. I think he's going to get there. He's running for a second consecutive title. He's running for his career because the way that JRM is filling up he don't have a ride there because they decided to sign Noah Gagson again for whatever reason. Sam Meru sucks, has got a full-time ride. The only person of the three they've signed that actually deserves a ride is freaking Josh Berry. And they'll probably sign back a uh, Justin Allgaier, which is fine. He's the new Elliot Sadler, except he has talent and he's four feet tall. And then once they get to Michael and Ed, hopefully they tell that idiot, sponsor the car and let's put a good driver in and put Sheldon Creed in. And do us all service but he probably won't do that uh we'll get into all that we'll get into the other series indycar formula one there's a lot of uh silly season news Kimi raikkonen um in the most unemotional way has announced his retirement from formula one it's not shocking considering the way he's driven the last couple of years it's akin to him being retired we'll talk about all that talk about nascar talk about all the their the um, Starcom team is selling their charter because they knew they were going to lose their charter. So, um, so at least that means Quinn Huff will be out of the Cup Series. Thank God. Um, one of the reasons why talking in circles is probably done is because Quinn Huff went and ghosted us on the podcast. And, uh, you know, that piece of shit who can't drive a hot nail through snow, one of the worst race car drivers I've ever seen in my life. And that team's now going to be closed and they're going to lose their charter. And it's unfortunate for some of the guys I work on that team, obviously, but they'll all find jobs. The good ones will find jobs, hopefully. Um, there's a lot of consolidation and condensing of people because of this Gen 7, which is basically going to be a shit show car. But, you know, we'll see what happens with that. Uh, we'll go into the roundup with the Moto GP, Moto 2 at Silverstone. F3 and W series ran last week at Spawn, will run this week at Zanfort. Extreme e, Arctic, XPRIN uh, Greenland, DTM in Austria. We will preview the Dutch Grand Prix, the Max Verstappen Grand Prix at Zanfort. We also previewed it on the uh, Grid Talk podcast if you want to listen to that. We'll talk about Darlington, Southern 500, the triple header weekend. And we'll see where we're at after that. So, let's start with Formula One, Josh. Uh, Two laps. I mean, let let's let's be honest here. The race was determined on Saturday, so let's talk about Saturday. George Russell and Lando Norris, the BFFs, two thirds of that whole entire crew with with Alexander Albon, uh, they dominated qualifying. Lando Norris led q1 and q2 and in q3 the weather conditions were not great and he tried to go balls out through Orouge like many others have and unfortunately did not get through and destroyed his race car in turn sebastian vettel was cursing and checked on his fellow driver hence being like the great statesman that he is sebastian vettel um but Lando Norris' his whole entire weekend was shot at that moment. He basically went in after what every, after what transpired. He literally went from possibly winning his first Grand Prix, the first Grand Prix win for McLaren since uh, Hamilton and uh, Button were there. And, well, Hamilton, was at, that was the last time they won a Grand Prix when Hamilton was still a driver for them. That's 2012 and he went and finished 15th and then or 14th and then you have george russell who was on pole in q3 until the last last few seconds he almost won a grand prix in a williams because they called what happened on sunday a grand prix there's a lot to unpack here how they handled the grand prix should they have just flat called it off tried it on monday If they weren't able to call it on monday then reschedule because the fact is with covid for anybody who wants to deny it it exists sorry assholes um it's affecting people that i know affecting people i'm sure for whatever it's affecting a lot of people and it's serious the fact is they could have rescheduled this grand prix and probably put in october because we're losing grand prix the u.s grand prix is not going to happen Brazil's not happening. Mexico's not happening. So that's three races in a row. You're, you've lost all of them. You've got Qatar's happening to fill in for one of the races. But you're, you've already lost one Grand Prix. You've got Turkey filling in for one of them. But you're losing Grand Prix. You could have rescheduled it if you had the foresight to do it. But Michael Massey in his infinite wisdom decided to have them go out for one lap and then bring them back in, then sit for two and a half hours or two hours and 45 minutes, and it's like, oh, we have a window. Ten minutes. By three hours, three hours and ten minutes, drive them back out there, drive two laps. They say they ran three laps, but really based on count back, they ran two. It's more like five. and They didn't even know how many laps they ran. There's so many things that are wrong with what happened in this Grand Prix that are offensive to me as a Lewis Hamilton fan, but as a George Russell fan too. Because to be fair, I mean, the fact is Lewis is not keen on George because he knows George is really effing good. Number two, George wanted a chance to go after Max Verstappen because I think he could have gotten a start. Would he have held him off? Probably not. But the fact is there's no DRS. So if there, it was wet with no DRS, Could have he'd a pro, it would have been interesting. But we never got that. And it's unfortunate. Spa is its unique thing. It's one of the greatest circuits on earth. I love that circuit. I want to go there. It's a bucket listing. It is unfortunate that they had probably the worst weather they have ever had there. Um, or in decades that they've had there. Because I I was talking, I was joking with Josh offline about how I got my car home basically like Ayrton Senna at Portugal in 85. Like basically what he drove in Spa in 85 when he won his second Grand Prix. And it doesn't really matter what time of year it is, it's going to rain in Spa. But with that, you're also going to deal with, there's going to be certain parts of the circuit it's a four point three mile circuit. There's gonna be certain parts of the circuit that are gonna be wet, certain parts of the circuit are gonna be dry. It's the same way as they have at Coda, when they had the farcical NASCAR Cup race, and to a lesser extent, I mean everything they did a few months ago in NASCAR or at Road America. You're gonna have parts of the circuit that have rain and that are dry. But my God, man, that was a clusterfuck of a quote air quote race air end quote um that they called it and they gave points which let max verstappen because he qualified on pole uh close the gap to lewis hamilton in the drivers championship which for the max verstappen people they'll be happy about um and you know close a little bit on the constructors because Valtteri Bottas and Sergio Perez weren't able to score. Uh, Valtteri Bottas, of course, had the grid penalty for being a bowling ball. At Hungary, Sergio Perez wrecked his car on the, on the reconnaissance lap, and uh, they had to bring it back to the pits, and it took three hours. They basically took the three hours and got the car repaired through some loophole, which tells you all the rules they have in Formula 1 uh sergio Perez was able to get his car back out there uh there's a whole lot to unpack josh but really you what did you feel about how they managed this race what could they have done was there a better way to communicate things and then, furthermore like i guess with like lewis he's like they should refund for everybody i mean fundamentally to me i'm like i'm a lewis guy i'm like here you want to do something to go and get you a bunch of fans literally refund all their tickets you make fucking 50 million dollars a year and he probably makes near 100 million with all his endorsements cut a fucking check send it to the belgian whoever runs the belgian grand prix cut a check for all the tickets and tell them refund their tickets every single fan even the maxer stoppin people cuz you don't know who the hell they are refund all their tickets will he'll, he'll he'll instantly rise up in his fandom there's there's front there's like fair weather max or stopping fans you know it with all the idiots that were to fucking because i got in trouble on the grid talk or podcast for calling the orange morons because that's what they are a lot of them they're like kyle bush fans or Elliott fans in here in nascar but um there's fair weather ones you could go and pay for their ticket oh i like Lewis hamilton he's pretty good even though he's black you know um A lot to unpack man i'll let you go i'll get out you tell me what you thought about the two laps or three laps or five laps that was the belgian grand prix on sunday and the weekend in general which saw george russell scores first podium
1: oh yeah i mean you know talking about this race like i got up on sunday just in time for the race to start and it's raining and they're not starting they uh go back to the pits so we're back to sleep. I wake up and the race uh, has been run for two laps and it's over. So I didn't miss anything really, but I mean, this was a, yeah, you know, it's purely for school, you know, as you mentioned that how Michael's quote from a long time ago with, you know, the way that this went down, they they ran two laps and used the technicality and the rule book uh, to uh, cancel the, re- the rest of the race, just so that they could go on and get out of there. And yeah, it screwed over the fans. I mean, anybody that was there, not only their money, but their time was wasted ultimately, because you know there are people there for you know days on end throughout the entire weekend who uh, have to attend or who chose their time to spend the ra- or you know go into that race and they went through um, all the rain throughout the weekend. You know, the qualifying practice, F2, F3, you know, W series as well uh, that weekend. But then F1, the big show, comes around and they're not able to see it. And yeah, you know, I'm still a point from somebody on Twitter uh you know I follow talk about, you know, F1 not being able to race in the rain with full green on the radar is kind of an indictment on modern modern motorsports. You know, talk about like the, the tires that they have, maybe maybe their tires are too good with uh the amount of spray that they produce with the intermediates or the wet tires, like maybe the tires like yeah, the grip really well in the wet but they cause too much issues with the uh, visibility even when because there was a point where they could have maybe tried something but there was just too much uh too much spray from the tires so i think you know do they go with a lesser tire in the future or should they try a lesser tire where yeah maybe it doesn't provide as much grip but at least you might be able to see or something like that and at least try to get a run in the rain you know that would maybe be interesting but you know go back in the day like 40 years ago in F1, they'd be racing in these conditions. I mean, come on, that was a, that was the golden era of F1, you know, but look, look at, I mean, yeah, it was pretty bad and they had some pretty bad accidents, but I mean, you know, I mean, I didn't understand the safety part, but in, and, you know, they were still able to run. So the fact of the matter is, is, um, you know, they should have uh, tried a better attempt at, you know, making the run, you know, either run the race or uh, don't pretend that it's um, going to happen, and then do whatever they did on Sunday, uh, which was you know definitely a farcical moment for the sport. Um, just uh, the the fans you know, continue to get screwed over like that uh, for that weekend. You, know, you got to feel sorry. And, you know, I mean Lewis ought to be able to pay for all those tickets as well. I mean he has. I mean really any any of the drivers they should all just pull in, not just Lewis, but like the entire field should just pull in money for you know everybody and pay pay back the fans for uh whatever they had to witness on sunday because that was that was just terrible for them. But you know, of course, for the drivers themselves, I mean they didn't get the race. George Russell, I mean, as much as he did on Saturday to be able to qualify on second place, uh, you should, I mean, can't really celebrate that too much because ultimately uh he got second by default. So wasn't even able, even able to prove himself on Sunday against Lewis Hamilton, who's probably gonna be his teammate next year, or uh Max Verstappen. And you know, I agree with what you said earlier. Like uh, George Russell probably has a chance for at least a couple of laps to, uh, get up there with, uh, Max Verstappen and try to battle him in, in the lead in the wet. But unfortunately that, uh, did not happen. You don't, re- don't really get to see, uh, George, what was he able to do? I mean, despite the conditions against, uh, two of the best drivers in, in the sport. So, um, that's unfortunate for him. And then, you know, of course, some of the other drivers like, um, uh, Sergio Perez and um, didn't get to see him make another run from the back of the field up to the front like he's done in the past uh same for uh, landed Norris. i mean crashed on saturday and ultimately didn't get a, a qualifying time in q3 but i mean he still had qualified in like 11th but um ultimately you know he doesn't have a chance at uh moving up in the field with whatever car he had on sunday so uh that was uh that formula one i mean do they reschedule it in the future for the fans i mean i think they should um does it replace like one of the other grand prix that's been canceled like japan or any of those grand prix, like should definitely be considered i mean you know, i don't think they'll cancel the usgp and it looks like from all all uh things i've seen that's still going to uh take place probably will so um they're definitely gonna make that one happen but um this one uh, just a, a farzical moment and probably i mean the worst grand prix since uh, the 2005 grand prix which everybody agrees is most infamous probably the worst race that's ever been run in f1 history
0: yeah it was a totally uh peter this is al michaels here uh lest anyone think that that was a a legitimate call it was a totally farcical call uh the guy went and spoke in code that was indicative of a certain radio talk show host out on the east coast Okay, thank you, Al, for that. Uh, that's literally what that race was. Uh, It was. It was horrible. It was horrible. It was terrible. Terrible. It was a joke. Um, the only positive that came out of it for me is that in that, George Russell got a podium out of it, and in turn Williams is now gonna finish eighth in the constructors. Standings more than likely because of it, even with the half points. So, just go over the results here Verstappen, <laughs> Russell, Hamilton on the podium. Ricardo, Vettel, Gasly, Ocon, Leclerc, Latifi, Carlos Sainz uh, finishing the points. Uh, Alonso was 11th and not very pleased. Botas. Was in 12th. He would have probably gotten the points because if he hadn't ran over everybody yet, Hungary Lando uh, unfortunately, the accident he had, which probably took him out of the pole position, uh, left him in 14th. Um, as it, Stroll? Yeah, screw him. Perez finished 19th after getting a restart. Uh, Kimi Räikkönen finished 18th, and that's the last part we're going to talk about here on this race before we get into NASCAR and all that, and we'll get into the Dutch Grand Prix in a little bit. Uh, Kimi Räikkönen on social media, I think Insta announced his retirement from Formula One. I don't think that's his retirement from racing. I think rallying or any number of other things, Dakar. I think the fact is we haven't seen the last of... Amy Raikkonen, I would love to see him come to America and run indie cars. I, w- I would just love to see that, just so he could go curse out Paul Tracy and out drink that fat piece of shit. Um, it's probably part of the reason why Tommy Kendall will never come on because I talk bad about Paul Tracy, but I don't care um, because he's an asshole and he's a douche. Um, Paul Tracy is. I, I'm a Tom Kendall. I'm a young Tom Kendall Mark for life, but his. One of his bosom buddies is one of the biggest douchebags in the history of room. Kimi Raikkonen after basically mailing it in for the last few years of his career uh, has finally called it quits. All in uh, all indications are Valtteri Botas is going to take his ride. Uh, We don't know who's going to be in the second seat. There's been news in regards to the IndyCar series. We'll get into in a little bit uh, with Callum a Supposedly a Ferrari Junior. Um, He's going to be running an IndyCar at Portland in a couple weeks' time, or next week. But, uh, and we don't know who's going to be in the second seat, but it looks like uh, Valtteri Bottas is going to be taking over for his fellow Finn. Uh, 2007 world champion, uh, was one of the hard chargers. He was basically Max Verstappen before Max Verstappen. He hadn't done much of anything in single-seaters, got a ride with Sauber, and proved himself. He took over for Mika Hakkinen, who was a two-time world champion at McLaren, and ran well with McLaren when they gave him a car that actually finished. Um, he battled Michael Schumacher for a couple of world championships there, along with Juan Pablo Montoya on the Williams side. Um Eventually took over for Michael Schumacher at Ferrari, and won that world championship because McLaren shit the bed and uh, screwed both uh, uh, Fernando Alonso and Lewis Hamilton. Uh, and uh, out of that world championship there, and then from there, kind of went on about his way and didn't really do. He won his few races, but wasn't the same guy um his win at the 2000 I think 2017 U.S. Grand Prix 2018 one of those years uh will end up being his last Grand Prix victory I think it's twenty, uh, eighteen, I believe I don't know um I should look at it but I don't really care um he ends he's one of the better drivers over his time uh as a a champion racer you can't really say anything Uh, is he was 2018 yeah 2018 2018, usgp USGP and
1: probably should have won the italian gp that year too
0: yeah i mean and then since then he's been driving around in uh in the sauber uh alpha romeo sauber and uh hasn't been the same kind of guy hasn't really been relevant and uh Hasn't scored a whole hell of a lot of points. Uh, His 43 points in 2019, which left him 12th in the World Championship. And now he's gone to four points last year and two points this year. So uh, thoughts on uh, the announcement of uh, Kimi Raikkonen um, announcing his retirement, which will basically set silly season off on its head uh between not only Alpha romeo sauber but williams and mercedes which i mean we've all know we all know who's going to mercedes yeah
1: i mean for Kimi raikkonen the legendary uh driver in formula one won only one world championship and then went around and did other things for a few years but you know, you talk about things that he could do uh, after his formula 1 career. I mean, this is looking like he's just retiring retiring from a formula 1. I mean, maybe maybe he goes over to America and uh drives in a truck or an Xfinity car again like he did a few years ago back in
0: I'd like to see ago. that. Kyle yeah. Busch did that a decade ago. I think let him go and really make it work. Could you imagine having yeah. Kimi Raikkonen with the idiot being interviewed by Michael waltrip or Vince Welsh and he just literally no. goes and spits Gives vodka in his face. Give him a
1: one-word answer or something like yeah. that. Yeah, but, I, I would
0: sign for that.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, or um, uh, you know, one of those announcers, something like that. But yeah, I mean, maybe this time, you know, if he tries to go in either any cars or um, Craftsman truck or uh, Xfinity, maybe he goes out and the races and the drink button actually works because I think last time when he tried uh, trucks and Xfinity, the drink didn't work and that's that was his complaint uh, when he raced in Xfinity there. Uh, back in 2011 at that charlotte race and uh way back when but that was a uh interesting exploit there and maybe he does again but i mean i has a lot of a lot of good moments throughout his career a lot of funny moments i mean i was just reading about how you know engine blew at monaco so he just went and retired to the yacht and watched the rest of the race from there and this i mean this guy's just a, a party animal um you know obviously still has a family now but in the past like just able to go like race and then you can just party it up like it's nothing. So, um, you know, he's just one of the most stoic guys in, uh formula one and, you know, definitely uh, one of the uh, best personalities uh, in, in the series. So uh, I think it's a loss for the series, but I mean, he's been essentially retired, like you said, for the last couple of years, just kind of riding around the back of the field uh, collecting points and uh, collecting money. So uh, now he gets to move on, try other stuff and, uh you know move on to the next career of his or next phase of his life I guess.
0: Yeah he'll be going and probably running Dakar rally, uh probably running World Rally Championship, depending on which uh team I think Ford would probably go and sign him up just for box office. Uh because Toyota and um Hyundai are well ahead of both uh both both are well ahead of Ford Right now, so that might be an option. I figure Dakar, since you know, Fernando Alonso did it. Lama, uh, WEC, possibly IMSA. Maybe we can go and see him with one of the factory out outfits that are running the prototypes, to the LM, whatever the LMDH, whatever the hell they're calling them, the hypercar slash the whatever DP i i don't even know the nomen. i'm forgetting the nomenclature right now for the convergence uh prototype category but there's a lot of big f- factory efforts there um just as an aside uh, to go away from the kimi and thing audi was gonna run a factory program here in america and also in the WEC. but it sounds like they're not gonna do that They're going to do customer programs here because there's like a beef with Audi, you know, Euro, Audi, AG, and the Audi of North America, even though they won tons of championships. it's I don't know how many I can remember for like a good decade that Audi basically, Audi of North America won a championship every single year in some way, shape, or form. Uh, A lot of them would champion Audi. Um, with Dave Mirage and that whole group, Uh, but, you know, it is what it is. Brad Kettler, he was a great uh, guy who organized the whole deal, but that's beside the point. We'll see what um, Kimi Räikkönen ends up doing, but I think he won't have a hard time finding uh, something to do if he cares. Uh, It's something we will see, though. Let's get into the Coke Zero Four Hundred, uh, Coke Zero Sugar Four Hundred, um, and we'll uh, talk about the fact that Ryan Blaney won two consecutive races to end the regular season, and is now uh, fourth in points as of the reset, and will will be theoretically I i think the question is we'll get into the results and the whole thing there. Ryan Blaney ends up uh winning the race. Uh Chris Busher crossed the line in second but got DQ'd. Uh the two front row motorsports cars were um were illegal and they had to um they lost their crew chiefs so that wasn't a good deal for them. Uh, alfredo ended up finishing 26 mcdowell blew an engine which i wish he would have done in daytona 500 which would have meant that brad keselowski won the daytona 500 um blaney wins bff bubba wallace gets a second place finish in a cool columbia pfg toyota no neck and what will likely be his last top five of his career uh, ryan priest and will likely be his last top five of his cup career because. JTG Doherty is only going to be running one car. Tyler Reddick with a destroyed race car, somehow or another, finished fifth and backdoored a playoff spot. Justin Haley, super speedway specialist, which we'll talk about in a little bit in regards to Xfinity, uh, former winner of this race, finished sixth. Bowman Elliott, BJ McLeod, and Josh Balicki. I'll repeat that again. BJ McLeod in his own car, fast, whatever the hell they call their. Yeah, live fast racing. Live fast racing. First top 10 for that organization. First top 10 for that general, whatever, because you think about the 32 car. That's basically the remnants of the 32 car um, in a while. And then the first top 10 for a Rick Ware Racing Car in the Cup Series, Josh Balicki and in for started 36th finished 10th so yeah i mean the fact is chase elliott and logano looks they led most of the race there a good part of the race you had chastain up there he had truex byron but in the end yrb finds himself in the right spot There's something about what's going on. Todd Gordon's about to retire, walk away from the sport. YRB is taking a leadership role. He's already spoken about the fact with Brad leaving to go and be a part owner of the Roush team with Roush Fenway, Keselowski, RFK. Um, He wants to be a leader. And two wins in a row albeit whatever you want to call it, he wasn't the fastest car in either of those races. He really, he was up there, but he wasn't the biggest contender to go and win that race. Um, is Ryan, to you, is Ryan Blaney a a possible favorite dark horse to win this championship, or is this just a mirage with two, the last two races of the regular season, and is it just strictly going to be a Hendrick versus Gibbs show uh going into this playoff run josh
1: i mean it's tough to say this on one hand you could say it's a mirage i mean penske has not been the uh strongest like in years past uh they haven't been really contending like uh previous years seems like they've been on kind of a down year in nascar and and in any car too but uh seems to be the best of the uh penske trio so far uh, this year with uh, you know third win on the year. And he's also won at Talladega in the past. So, Talladega is in the playoffs. So, that could be an opportunity for him to pick up a win there. And you know, he definitely has uh, at least Talladega and now Daytona um, down with wins. So, that could be an opportunity there. And then also look at uh, Charlotte Roval, the uh, runs in an opportunity like he did in 2018, where you know, Martin Truex and Jimmy Johnson crashed for uh, the win there. And then uh, Ryan Blaney picked up that win. So, uh, look for an opportunity there at Charlotte Roval. I mean, I think those are in the same round, but, uh, regardless of the fact, um, if he's able to win at least one race, you know, that buys you time to the next round and, uh, look out for him, you know, maybe on the mile and a half track, they figure something out, uh, like what Logano did last year and win one race by, buy your ticket into the final race and, and take out one of the other drivers like that, that's definitely a possibility. So, he's definitely a, um, a shot to, uh, win, but I don't know if he's the best shot. So it's probably, I would say the uh, best wild card, I guess, uh, driver that could win because he hasn't really led a top, a ton of laps, uh, so far this year, um, hasn't really been up there like, you know, Kyle Larson or Denny Hamlin or Chase Elliott or any of those guys, but definitely has been, um, around when it counts. So, uh, I would say he's definitely like kind of like a dark horse uh, threat training on that uh, end, but uh, his a uh, race on Saturday, uh, I mean, it wasn't, I didn't think it was that bad. The race. Uh, I mean, they crashed all at the end, but it wasn't like where you had continuous caution after caution. And then we go into like three uh, green white checker finishes to uh, finish the race. I mean, they all kind of just wrecked in the last couple, last 20 laps. So it wasn't uh, from that perspective, wasn't that bad, but, The uh, race itself. I mean, we had a change in the rules package. They decreased the horsepower from like uh, uh, 510 or something like that, or 550 to like 450 or like 110 or so horsepower out of the cars. And then they took off the uh, wicker on the rear spoiler and um, made the draft uh, more dependent on tandems. And we haven't really seen tandems in the Cup Series work since uh, 2012, 2011, when it was really good uh, to work with a, a tandem style racing and uh it seems like you know some drivers were able to execute it better than others we saw uh denny hamlin whatever he got latched onto the back of another car they were able to push themselves up to the front uh, but it didn't really work out once you got up to the leader it seemed like uh you could make headway but like once you got up to the leader it kind of stalled out uh, for whatever reason whether they just ran out of uh momentum uh they couldn't stay locked on uh, together, quite as long, or or the leader was able to anticipate it and throw a block, and uh, just uh, didn't maybe have the same power to pass like uh, the old style tandems from 2011 and 2012 did. So um, that that was an interesting aspect of that race. And then talked about the other hand with leaders uh, being able to block pretty easily. I mean, we've seen that for the past couple of years, but especially in this one, there was a point like in. Middle of stage two, where uh, Joey Logano had the lead, and he was just changing lanes, going back and forth and back and forth uh, throughout the race. And I mean, that's I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like it's frustrating to watch when the leaders just able to do that pretty easily, and also just drive, uh change lanes back, back and forth. And I mean, really, it's kind of I don't know, it's kind of dangerous to drive like that. And uh, Joey Logano uh, talked uh, about in Talladega about the safety of uh, uh, plate racing when he flipped over on his lid, and then it was right back to driving pretty aggressively in the lead. So I guess he's got a short memory there or something, but um, that was uh, something I know in you know, same racing. Yeah. And same racing. Like if the driver drives back and forth like that in the middle of the racing, know, it's kind of annoying. I mean, get, get at the end, I guess, but like middle of the race, you know, don't have to uh, do it so much, I guess. And that was, I mean, kind of annoying to watch, but you know, I guess they're all trying to get playoff points or whatever it is uh, uh, for the stage. And I guess I can, Get that aspect of that um but I was a uh, kind of frustrating to watch there but um uh danny hamlin uh was up there as well but then got caught up in that rack at the end uh to, didn't really have an opportunity to uh lead as much as maybe what he could have uh but wallace led for a bit and uh at the end of stage three or you know when they had the green flag pit stops and you know i thought he drove a bit conservative uh through the field like he kind of just didn't really like you know make his uh erratic moves like Joey Logano was doing but he kind of just stayed his place in line and then was able to find him uh you know eventually get himself up to the lead um, I mean there was times when Danny Hamlin would make a move to try to get to the front and Bubba Wallace was like either behind him or in front of him and then Bubba, Bubba didn't follow him I thought maybe uh he needed to be a little bit more aggressive to try to get up to the lead because Bubba had to be able to win to get into the playoffs uh for this and then Eventually, he did get himself up into the lead, but then they had some uh, miscoordination trying to uh, do the last pit stop, and then he ended up being towards the uh, back of the Toyotas uh, uh, after that pit stop. And then, um, then the caution started happening, and then he was able to eventually get up to third at the time of this uh, finish to um, end up finishing second after Chris Busher got black flagged, but or, or disqualified. But um, uh, I think maybe he could have had a shot if. Um, he had a little bit more help or um, just uh was able to maybe be a little bit more aggressive to get to the front um uh towards the end of the race, but uh still a good run for Bubba Wallace. And I mean they're technically that's yes, their best finish ever uh in, in that car. I mean, they got a top five at Pocono uh, you know, a couple months ago and now they get a top five here at Daytona. So it's pretty good for them um in this and then. Um, I mean, I, I, thought, you know, another interesting part of the broadcast and extends back to the Xfinity part, we'll talk about that later, but they, I guess they had Denny Hamlin, uh, analyzing his, um, uh, pulse rate throughout the race. And I mean, throughout the, uh, race, he was either 80 beats per minute, all the way up to only like 120. I mean, put that in perspective, I mean, 80 is about, or I think it was like 90 ish, but that's, you know, basically like a light walk. And then, um, you know, 120 is maybe, maybe, uh, moderate, you know, jogging or, or, you know, moderate, um, uh, weight training or something like that. So not even really that high. And then, you know, the Xfinity race, they showed Justin Nagar is like pulse rates at 185, uh, at the finish line. It's like probably close to his max, uh, for his age. And, uh, you know, shows the different, I guess, reactions or physical reactions of the drivers. And, um, you know, for one, Danny Hamlin seems to be pretty calm on uh, the super speedways, but then a guy like Justin Nagar um, he, uh, Pulse rate showing maybe he's not as calm, so um, I wonder if that factors into the psychological aspect of it of um, you know what kind of moves they got to make at the end, um, you know, how stressed are they in the race tri- or uh, the race car, or you know, how physically demanding it is. So I thought that was an interesting aspect and maybe showed uh, a little um, information for you know how a driver might be uh, uh, thinking or uh, performing you know, physically throughout the race.
0: I think that's the difference of a guy that's won three Daytona five hundreds and a guy I don't think that's ever won a super speedway race. Yeah. Um, and it's also the fact that Hamlin's been at this for sixteen years, sixteen plus years in the cup series versus all Geyer. Um and so I mean it's true though. You know, you think about how and for Hamlin it was a big loss because um, yeah he his driver will finish second uh he added a second team for all intents and purposes both teams are going to have a charter uh kurt bush is going to be driving the number 45 uh, monster energy toyota next year we don't know who the crew chief is we don't know who else is going to be on that team but kurt Busch is going to run for at least a couple of years and uh He's in, in concert with MJ and Hamlin wanting to help Bubba um, progress in his career too, which is a positive. Uh, so a lot good going for Denny Hamlin as an owner. As a driver, he goes from second in points who had a chance to win the regular season championship to starting the playoff in seventh, because of the playoff point situation of uh, Kyle Larson, of course, uh, the leader. He has a twenty-eight-point lead on both Ryan Blaney and Martin Truex. Uh the then Kyle Bush is fourth, Chase Elliott fifth, the defending series champion. Alex Bowman is sixth, Hamlin, Byron, Logano, Keslowski. Kurt Busch, Christopher Bell, Michael McDowell, Eric Almirola, Tyler Reddick, and Kevin Harvick, who only had two playoff points uh, this whole entire year, uh, which tells you how bad they've been running in the races. Uh, But he had the points, and he was running up a certain way. Uh, He is dead last. The guy who won the regular season championship last year, guy who won nine races, and was in it until like five, ten laps to go at Martinsville last October, his dead last. And Tony uh, came out and spoke about how bad the organization has been, the parts, all the whole bit. Um, Harvick is staring a one-and-done here in this playoff, one of his worst performances he's had since coming to Stuart Haas because of the lack of pace they have. Uh, this first round is Darlington, which is one of... I mean, this round is three tracks that he's been great at. Darlington, Richmond, Bristol, Pave, not Dirt. Uh, so that'll be interesting to see how that works out. Uh, then the second round is Vegas, Talladega, and the Roval, as Josh said, um, in regards to Blaney. Third round is Texas. Kansas and then Martinsville, which leads to the finale at uh, Phoenix. so we'll see what happens with that. We'll get into previews and picks and the whole bit uh, later on. Let's get into the Xfinity side. Um, I mean the the I mean uh, Josh made a lot of good points in regards to the drive blocking the whole bit. I think for Austin Dillon, he probably feels aggrieved. He had a chance to make it, uh, but late race wreck kind of cost him. But in in reality, uh, Tyler Reck was a better driver this year, and that's why he's in. And I honestly think he has a chance to um, do some work in the playoff, but we'll um, get into that in more detail uh, later, uh, Xfinity Series saw saw the uh, Callaway Racing team win yet another plate race. You saw Justin Haley gets his first win of the year over AJ Allmendinger, Justin Allgaier, Jeb Burton, Daniel Emmerich, the top five. Christopher Bell, Noah Gagson, Snyder, Harrison Burton, Riley Herbst, the top ten. Uh, The leaders were basically, I mean, Joe, Brandon Brown led nine laps. AJ Elmninger led the most laps, then Christopher Bell, and then Gagson. But in the end, Justin Haley uh, gets the win for College Racing. One, two, four finish for them in this Xfinity race. In turn, that puts Justin Haley... Uh, to fourth in points. Uh, he jumps his teammate Jeb Burton because he's got 26-point lead on him. And, uh, yeah, I mean, A.J. Almeninger took the overall points lead away from Austin Sindrick, too, which is interesting. Um, as we get into the schedule right now, uh, we have... Three races to go before the regular season ends. But, you know, I guess right now it's colleagues' time. Uh, you know, Major Elmeninger gets the points lead after, at one point, being over 100 points behind Austin Sindrick. Justin Haley, who's a super speedway specialist, as I mentioned in the previous segment, he wins yet another super speedway race. Um I guess the initial takeaway is our colleague a favorite in regards to you, Josh? If so, which one? Uh, Can Justin Ailey, because there's Talladega in play, he's one there. Can can colleague racing really go and get out there, possibly get both of these championships as they move to cup racing next year with two cars? Uh, one full time with Justin Haley, one part one full time every race, but we'll have various drivers. AJ Almaniro will be in the car. I figure Kaz Gralla, um, Jeb Burton probably be in there. But right now colleagues on a heater. Um can they hold this up? Can they make this run out for the last whatever ten races of the season? Uh and and possibly go and get both championships.
1: Yeah, it's definitely possible for a colleague there. I mean, uh, I think for Almendinger it's just a matter of him being able to finish races, where his counterpart, uh, Austin Sendrick, has you know, been crashed out of the last couple of races and had a, a lot of poor finishes. So uh, Almendinger is kind of on a hot run right now. And Sendrick is you know, definitely cooled off in the last month or so of, of the, the series. And for him, uh, I think, and penske they've got to kind of regroup and uh kind of figure out the mojo from, that they had at the beginning of the year and the end of last year where you know they went on that run and got uh the championship and then they won at daytona uh start out the year and they had a couple of wins to uh start off the rest of the season but you know now they've uh cooled off and fallen to second uh in this uh championship fight and i think it's important for collie because gives them confidence uh that they're going to be able to compete and uh, win this championship and I think for now it I would favor Colleague, but I mean I think if uh, Penske can figure it out, uh they could have a chance uh, to get back at uh Austin Sindric there. And you know, depending on how these rounds fall and how uh, in the Xfinity playoffs and how uh you know things turn out for Colleague. I think um I mean I think at the end of the day it's still gonna be a Austin Cindric uh A.J. Allendinger battle for uh the championship in Phoenix. Um, but I, I think it's gonna be more of a question is as, as to who is uh the strongest team throughout the last uh portion of the Xfinity series season uh, as we uh, progress forward into that um I think for uh Allmendinger I mean as long as they uh continue to finish top 10 or top five and they can uh play for the stages I guess and uh lead uh enough laps I think they'll be fine uh to make it into Phoenix and if they do what they did at Daytona but they prioritize uh AG Hamilton if he's the best driver to win the championship at that point uh later in, or at that time in the year uh and they uh let Hamilton, you know, stay out in front and coordinate it uh how they had for for this race, you know, with colleague they were basically able to execute their plan to uh, perfection and they basically uh you know had a, a three-wide finish at the end of the race uh, to win uh to win it for uh, Justin Haley it could have easily been Jeb Burton uh here at uh, Wawa 250 or uh, AJ Almendinger in that race but you know just by the way it played I was just uh, Justin Haley there but I th- I think maybe we see something like that play out again at Talladega or they just go and uh, have a, a three-car train like they've had in the past and uh, try to uh, race for the win that way with Almendinger in the front of that so that's going to be something to watch for at Talladega uh, when they race there um, and I think his biggest problem is just going to be on the mile and a half tracks going forward. I mean, he did win at Las Vegas earlier in the year, uh, and he's uh, done decently enough on, on that type of track, but, you know, Austin Sendrick, uh with uh, his team, uh, with the um, speed that they're able to have, he should be a threat on the uh, mile and a half as well. And then I think you have to also uh, factor in um, the short tracks and all that stuff. And then, you know, talk about the roval, Uh, with uh, both their road racing expertise that they have. I think um, it's going to be a very tight battle and something that we're going to have to pay attention to on a week-to-week basis for uh, the Xfinity Series between uh, AJ Allmendinger and the 16 uh, College racing car versus uh, Austin Sindrick in the number 22 Penske Racing uh, Ford there. So it should be a very interesting battle to watch for Xfinity.
0: Yeah, it's going to be something to see in regards to the Xfinity Series uh there's been uh different net news i mean Sam Mirror got announced for a full season uh Soda Gagson for whatever reason shows that they'll sponsor anything that breathes they'll dry they'll let anybody that gives them a check drive for them cuz he sucks um and he's an inbred dipshit but that's beside the point um Oh, you know, Brett Moffat driving a tiny Lund scheme, and he's got a tiny dick, so it makes sense. Um, yeah, there's that. And you got Xfinity, presenting sponsor of Cup Series elimination races. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, what is it? Haley Omeninger, Algar, Burton, Hemrick, Bell, Gregson, Snyder, Burton, Harrison Burton, or Jeb Burton, fourth, Harrison Burton, ninth, Riley Herbs. <laughs> 10th. What is it? We have other people. Got some of the guys. Chase Briscoe ended up finishing 19th in uh, BJ McLeod car, but he ran up front. There was a lot of there one. There was more Fords than usual. It looks like the way things are going, there aren't going to be many Fords, if any, on the circuit outside of uh, Ryan Sieg, who struggled all year. Um, and his team outside of that, I don't think there's going to be any Fords on the circuit next year. So it's going to be bad and it'll be Toyota and Chevy. So for whatever that's worth and go to the roundup here Um, go to that, Yeah, know, roundup MotoGP at Silverstone last week. Um. Was interesting is wet dry kind of deal um go and bring that up, trying to let the computer work, which isn't great because it isn't working there you go get rid of that get and then get rid of that and go to that and go to that so the uh, British Grand Prix saw Fabio Quatorro. Alex Rins and Alicia Spargro giving Aprilia their first podium since their return to MotoGP. Alex Rins uh, getting a podium for Suzuki. And of course, the points leader, patararo gets another win as they go into their break before they run out um, at Aragon, the Sp- uh, Spanish Ra- Grand Prix race, and then San Marino Grand Prix at Misano. Jack Miller, Pola Spargo started on pole on the Honda, Brad Binder, Iker Lackawanna, Alex Marquez, defending world champion Joanne Meir, and Danilo Petrucci. Joan Zarco finished 11th. Pecco Bagnaia, Nightmare, finished, started on the front row, finished 14th. Um, Miguel Olvera didn't even score points. Neither did Crutch Lau on the factory Yamaha or either the Patronus Yamahas of Valentino Rossi, of course, who announced his retirement a couple weeks ago, and Jake Dixon, who was filling in and might be in line to possibly ride that bike next year with uh, Andrea Davizioso, who is going to be on that team, whatever they are. <sighs> Jorge Martin, who won a few weeks ago, uh, crashed on the f- after the first lap. And Mark Mar- Marquez crashed on lap one. Itself. So that's something. Quattoraro's long gone here. 59, 65 point lead with his, what is it? One, two, three, fifth win. 65 point lead on Joanne Meir. Uh, Mir, Johan Zarco, and Bagnai are only separated by five points, so that's a battle. Uh, Miller and Binder, 10 points for fifth. Vinales, who tested in Aprilia, and it looks like he'll be getting on that bike here before the end of the year. Seventh, Oliveira, Espargro, only separated by two points. Alex Espargro, separated by two points. And um, Jorge Martín and Alex Rins, or Alex Rins, of course, who finished second. That's his best finish of the year. Uh, they're in a tie for 10th. Mark Marquez is 12th, one point out of Takanakagami. So there is that in regards to points. Valentino Rossi, 21st, behind his, or tied with his brother, Luca Marini. Luca Marini. There's that. We'll see how that all works out in the next couple of weeks. Uh, Remy Gardner wins at Silverstone over Besecchi and Navarro. Sam Lowe's at home finishes fourth. DG Antonio finished fifth. Arguso Fernandez, Aaron Kennett, Javi Vieje, Ayagura. Joe Roberts gets a top 10. Uh, no points. Uh, DNF for. Cameron Bobier crashes. So another uh, tough weekend for the former multiple-time uh, Moto America sewer bike champion. Uh, Gardner extends his lead on Fernandez. 44-point <laughs> lead there. Fernandez is an 8-point lead on Bisecki, and that's basically what it is there. Sam Lowe's in fourth Aaron, and he's in his own little world. Aaron Kinnett, Fernandez, DG Antonio, Igura, separated by five points. Schroeder and Vieje, uh, separated by eight points. Joe Roberts is 12th. Bobier is 17th in the points right now as they wait uh, on the next. (laughs) Uh, I raced. Uh, Formula 3 ran at uh, Spa. They ran three races there. It was a interesting weekend. In regards to the uh, W Series, at had a huge accident, which saw uh, Betske Visser, I'm trying to remember who else was involved in, that accident, I think, Abby Eaton uh, because they didn't have the full field there. And you talk about FP1, so yeah, and Mika. I need to figure out there was a big accident there, it's on YouTube. Uh, Ayla Agrin, uh, Betske Visser, a couple other people, I think Alice Powell uh, were in that. It was a huge accident, in Oruge and O'Rouge and Radion.
1: Yeah, the safety um, of that corner
0: there then that that's something along with how how stupid the race ended up in Formula One the safety of Orouge and Radeon came up again they're doing changes because supposedly MotoGP is going to be there next year for the first time in a long time so we'll see what happens at least all the drivers got through Safely and will be able to race again, um, which is a positive. Emma Kimmelainen, Jamie Chadwick, Marta Garcia, the podium, Alice Powell, Caitlin Wood, the top five, Jessica Hawkins, Will Wynn, Marty, Marty, Mickey Koyama, ninth, Abby Eaton, tenth, Sabri Cook, finished just outside of the top ten, possibly getting that first point, unfortunately. Um, fell just short of that. Uh, Chadwick has a seven-point lead on Alice Powell. Kim uh, after the win, is now third, uh, 19 points ahead of Marti, 20 ahead of Wolwind. There's a good battle there, seven points between Marti, Wolwind, Saramor, and Sidorkova. Marta Garcia, Balin Garcia, and Beske Visser are within three points of each other. Then Tomaselli, Koyama, Eaton, Wood, uh, separated by two points. And they're only between six and eight points out of the top ten. There's only been one driver that hasn't scored. Sabre Cook, the American, hasn't scored a point. Vicky Perea scored one point. Ayla Agron scored one point. Redst has scored. So some of these drivers have only scored in one race. Uh, four drivers out of her have only scored one time this year. Uh, there's three races to go in this season. It's going to be hard uh, for her to possibly go and get points. Uh, hopefully she can, though. Uh, getting into... F3, it was a good weekend for Jack Dewin. He won two of the three races at Spa and made it a championship. In the first race, though, Lorenzo Colombo uh, won for Campos over the high-tech teammates, Jack Crawford, the American Roman Stanek, Frederick Vesti, Victor Martens, Hogard, Novelak, Logan Sargent finished eighth, Kyle Collette, Alexander Smollier finished 10th. Um, David Schumacher, Dewin, Arthur Leclerc, Hauger, Uwaso Caldwell, amongst other. Hunter Yaney making his F3 debut for Cherus, the American, finished 18th. Juan Manuel Correa making his return to uh Spa after the crash with him and Antoine Hubert finished 22nd in race one. In race two, uh, Dewan over Lo- David Schumacher, the Trident teammates. Trident finished one, two, five in that race. Logan Sargent gets a podium in third. Tayo Collette in fourth. Frederick Vesti, Victor Martin, Smollier, Dennis Hauger, Artur Leclerc uh, round up the top 10. I'm trying to find the points. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, that was, yeah, race two, race three, doing gets the win over Victor Martins, Alexander Smollier, Colette, Novalak, Vesti, Sergeant Hauger, Schumacher, Artur Leclerc, the top 10, Caldwell, Jack Crawford, Iwasa, Colombo, Stanek, the top 15, so... Standings going into Zanfort this coming weekend. Dennis Hauger is 26 points ahead of Jack Doohan. That's basically the battle for the championship. Vesti is 57 points uh, behind Hauger in third, but he's got a six-point lead on Martens, nine-point lead on smollier uh caldwell is 15 points out of third. So that's basically where it's at. Logan Sargent is ninth, nine points beyond Kyle Collette, uh, but only five points ahead of David Schumacher, eight points ahead of Artur LeClaire. Jack Crawford, after his big performance last uh, weekend, is now um, 18th. Juan Manuel Correa's 20th. Calen Frederick, 22nd. I think he lost his ride. So there's that is how that works when you're not able to go and do your job. Um, in regards to the F- Formula E, uh, or not Formula E, the Extreme E, you had uh, Andretti Autosport. Go and win with Katie Munnings and uh, Timmy Hansen. Uh, they had go and get the get the win there. So, extreme human puncture denied X forty four and car shutdown cost Rosberg X Katie Munnings Timmy Hansen uh, win in the third round over Jensen Button's team. Then uh, the Jensen Button crew, they don't show the result there. And then third place was the Signs and Sands team uh, because the, uh, what is it, the X44 team, which is Lewis Hamilton's team, had issues with Sebastian Loeb. And then the Rosberg uh, team with Molly Taylor then had issues as well so unfortunately that's how it all worked out for them and so I'm trying to go and look at right over there uh, the next race for the extreme e championship will be in October the Amazon Prix, and then Glacier Prix. so one in October one in December We'll see how that all works out. Uh The W Series F3 uh, will be racing at Zanford. Went over that in a little detail there earlier in regards to points. So we'll see how it works out weather-wise. We'll be able to race in the whole bit. DTM will be in Austria this weekend. Uh, Go over. a oh, World Superbikes will be at Manny Core. Just saw that. Um, we'll get into that in a moment. But the uh, DTM will be running at uh, Red Bull Ring uh, before they take a couple weeks off and go to Assen and then Hockenheim to end the season. Current point standings in the DTM. Calvin Vanderlinda has. A 34 point lead on Maximilian Gotz. And, and then he has a further two point lead on Marco Wittmann. Alex Albon and Liam Lawson, the Red Bull drivers, are fourth and fifth. Philip Ellis is sixth with 72. Rockenfeller, former champion, seventh with 61 points. Lucas Auer, eighth. Nico Muller, Daniel Ukandela, Sheldon Vander Linda. As uh, 11, miney scored points. Uh, the American Dev Gore hasn't asked me hockey, hasn't Sophia Florsch? Hasn't we'll see if the ladies or the American oh, who has Indian who races as an Indian driver or no. That's Dev Gore, the, yeah, the Indian that races as an American driver, or yeah, Arjun Maini, who's actually a brown guy, um, got ran over by Root Beer Floathead way back when, um, what they can do this weekend at Red Bull Ring. Last but not least, we'll get into the World Superbike standings here uh, coming up for this weekend's race. Johnny Ray and Toprak Rasagulu are tied for the world championship lead. Scott Redding is in his own world in third. Alex Lowe's in fourth, and he's in his own little world. Then you have a gap. Andrea Locatelli's in fifth, only one point ahead of Ruben Rinaldi. Sykes is five points behind. Garrett Gerloff, the American, is 16 points out in eighth. Vandermark. Is 20 points out of the top five. And basically that's it. Chaz Davies is in 10, tied with Batista. is going back to Ducati. Chaz Davies is going to Honda, looks like. And he goes from there. So we'll got guys that used to be in World Moto GP. Uh guys who wish they were in Moto GP. And then whatever else there is in world superbike. And I think that is it for the roundup. Let's get into the Dutch Grand Prix. So uh, you asked the question, Josh, will they actually race at the Dutch Grand Prix? Uh, I don't know. i have to go and look at the weather here. But I'm going to go and let you talk about it and what you think. Uh, we talked about it on the Grid Talk podcast a few days ago. It's out there for anybody who wants to go and listen to that. Great show, and uh, let me know if you hear me and like me or you want what I need to improve on. But in regards to this, what are we going to see at um, the Dutch Grand Prix? Is it a Max Verstappen special? Can Lewis Hamilton actually show up and sneak one and make everybody that shows up there really mad? Which would be cool.
1: Oh, yeah, it should be an interesting race. I mean, yeah, it's a home race for uh, Max Verstappen uh, this race here at circuit Zandvoort. And I, I think, uh, for, for him, you know, he's got to be able to win, you know, at your home crowd, in front of you know, all the home fans. So it should be a popular win. If he does win, of course, you know, Lewis Hamilton's got to, uh, bring it, uh, this race and they've got to have a, a lot of speed in that car. And I think, uh, for, for really the series, uh, not just for stopping in Hamilton, um, it's going to be an interesting race because we haven't been to the series hasn't been to, uh, this track in a long time uh, it's the first Dutch Grand Prix since 1985 it was supposed to happen last year but got canceled due COVID but now they're bringing it back into the schedule this year but you know, they've made some changes to the layout in recent years uh, they've added banking in the third corner this uh, track and then uh, turn 14 uh, they've added a lot of banking so the last corner is going to be uh, very similar to you know an American oval style corner it's going to be Banked higher than, uh, Indianapolis, but not as banked as, uh, the old Monza banking, uh, that they had back in the day and certainly not as high as uh, Daytona, but, uh, I'm kind of interested to see like what the racing is going to look like, especially coming out of the last corner. Um, cause I, I, think if you got two cars, that are close to each other. I mean, even without uh, DRS and a bank corner, uh, might, might pro- provide an opportunity for a draft, uh, going onto the front straight. Uh, going down into turn one, so could could make for some uh, wild moves if you uh, get up close uh, off of turn 14 and then go into turn one with with DRS by the time you get on the front stretch. So uh, should be some interesting overtaking going on uh, uh, into turn one. Uh, I mean, they, they're they not going to use DRS in the, on the bank corner, which is probably understandable. Uh, don't want the speeds to be too high, but uh, nonetheless, uh, should be interesting to see uh, who's able to set up a pass coming out of the last corner. Um, Going into the front straight and then turn one. And then of course, uh turn three is going to be banked uh, uh significantly as well. So uh they they want the drivers to be able to run side by side, you know, through that corner. I mean, we're talking about that sounds like a NASCAR change uh from you know, NASCAR track owners trying to make changes to the track and well, they want drivers to run side by side through that corner. Uh so that should be interesting as well. Um see that happen. So could be uh, some uh Opportunities, a lot of opportunities for overtaking uh throughout this uh race. Uh, but we'll have to see what happens. You know, of course, um, you know, mentioned uh the question, will they actually get to race? I mean, I think I think they will, you know, they actually will be able to race uh with the changes uh to the corners uh provide the type of racing that they're expecting. But uh, you know, for uh Max for stopping, you know, they had they had pace uh last weekend at uh spa. Of course they didn't get to show it really because of the rain, but um, I think this weekend, you know, they'll have a little bit of extra motivation wanting to uh, perform well at the home track. Uh, I think, you know, they've had a lot of pace throughout the year and, you know, Lewis Hamilton uh, we'll see what kind of pace they bring to this track. And uh, if they're able to match uh, for stop and speed and then of course talk about the strategies that they're going to have, uh, you know, what, what are they going to be able to uh, do with uh, their cars? Like, uh, depending on how the race goes, you know, do we see a lot of undercutting happening throughout the field or, or do some teams go for the overcut? And I think that's also going to be an interesting aspect to look out for as well as with the, the tire wear. Uh, you know, again, they are not uh, or they're returning to track they haven't been to in a while and it's um, going to be a uh, storyline to watch out for is how how well do the tires wear out and what uh, tire strategies do they uh, decide to go with uh, for, for this race. So that's going to be something to look out for as well. Um, you know, talk about the midfield battle, you know, with uh, Lando Norris. Of course, did not score points uh, this past weekend in Spa due to his wreck uh, and qualifying and then not being able to race. Uh, do they have a chance to make up for that uh, here at uh, Zandvoort, And are they able to finish uh, well within the points, at least a fifth-place finish or something, to try to get back some of the points that they've lost um, and uh, have a better chance at securing third place in the championship? Uh, what what does uh, Sergio Perez uh, have this weekend in store for him? Is he able to and score points uh, and maybe finish on the podium with his uh, Red Bull teammate there? So that's uh, another thing to look out for. And you know, continue with the midfield. Uh, what what does uh, Sebastian Vettel have this weekend? You know, Fernando Alonso, another driver, uh, kind of in that midfield discussion as well. And Daniel Ricciardo is you know like his teammate, um, Leno Norris. Does he have uh, something to uh have a uh, you know result for a positive result you know, here this weekend so a lot of these drivers of course um you know want to be able to run well uh, it's just going to be a question if they're going to be able to do that or not so um uh Jamie Grace, definitely excited to watch it you know I'm I'm going to you know stick with the easy pick pick uh Verstappen but uh I feel like it could go either way with, between uh Verstappen and Hamilton
0: Yeah we all picked Verstappen on the grid talk. I think we all went Verstappen-Hamilton and then that, it was myself, Louis, and Mikhail, um on that show on Monday. Uh, we all picked different drivers in third. Uh, if there's anybody between Lando, we can pick Sergio Perez, Botas, Daniel Ricciardo, maybe a Ferrari, if they put a lap together. Uh, the third place spot is Basically open, but to be fair, it's gonna be either Max Verstappen or Lewis Hamilton, and everything is lined up for Max Verstappen to win his home Grand Prix. I wish they were racing in Asin. It's a better circuit, uh, wider circuit, a little bit more um r- r- racing room and sense. It's great for motorcycles. It's basically the biggest Grand Prix of the year uh, for motorcycles. The Dutch TT, you win there, um, you're a legend. I think that ends up being Valentine Rossi's last win because he definitely isn't going to win any time this year. So um, I wish they were there and said they're at Zanford because it's historic and it's, uh, it's on the water and all these things. Uh, we'll see what George Russell can do. Probably was struggling to get past Q2. Uh, Some of the other things that will be going on in the midfield. But I think Max Verstappen, as Josh said, will win. And Lewis will finish second. Lose a points lead going to Italy uh, in the following week. Uh, We will get into the cup playoff situation. We'll also get into... NASCAR picks for all three series. Uh I mean, I guess let's let's just do the playoff thing cuz we can get into some of the other stuff later, but um I think we could go and make initial uh picks for the uh championship four. I guess we'll do this. Pick a well, let's pick right now with 10 races to go. Who do you think is going to be a championship four? Who is going to be the champion? Um, and then, and secondarily, who do you think is going to win, uh, this weekend and a dark horse for that? Um, going into the, um, next race, uh, which is Richmond, I believe. Yes. And, uh, I'm looking at owner points just out of that. So, what are you thinking, Josh, before I go and, um, put my picks in
1: so yeah for the championship uh for the championship four i think uh the championship what that will look like at phoenix i mean i'm gonna go ahead and pencil in kyle larson that's probably the easiest choice there. Uh, gonna put in um denny hamlin um chase elliott and then uh i don't know I, th- I think kyle bush uh so it's gonna be kyle bush basically hendrick versus hendrick or versus gibbs there um with kyle bush and danny hamlin and kyle larson and, and uh chase elliott uh championship four and um pick kyle larson to win the championship there um i think for this round uh i, I uh, did you ask about the elimination who gets eliminated in this round
0: yeah i i put it in yeah just so i figure we can go into that too as well
1: okay yeah uh yeah, I mean, I think for the round who gets eliminated, I mean, probably uh, Michael McDowell. That's most likely going to happen. Um, I'm going to put in Christopher Bell doesn't make it out of this round. Um, Eric Almirola didn't make it out. And I think Brad uh, Keselowski doesn't make it out of this round either. Um, I think Tyler Reddick I feel like can uh, be a surprise pick. And Kevin Harvick as well. They'll be uh, able to move on to the next round. Um, for this uh, first round of the playoffs, but also at uh, Darlington this weekend, Uh, last time the series was at this uh, track, uh, Martin Truex and Kyle Larson were the two best cars on the racetrack. Kyle Larson had a chance to uh, run up to Truex towards the end of the race, uh, but uh, didn't have enough time and used up a little bit too much of his car. But uh, I'm going to pick Truex in this first round uh, in the playoffs and see what, what he's able to do. Uh, or for this first race, I think he can do the uh Darlington sweep. Uh, I guess uh, that hasn't been a thing in a while, but now it's, it is again. So I think he's got the best chance to win at this track this weekend. Um, I think you know, Carl Kyle Larson is gonna have a, another shot to win, like usual. Um, I think uh, you know, the guys that are good at uh, the 750 package, I think will definitely uh be able to come out and uh do something. I think uh, Harvick. And he won this race a year ago. Uh, I don't know if he's going to win, but I uh, think he'll probably be up up there uh, in the top five uh, throughout the race and could you know could potentially uh, contend for the win. Um, he finished yeah, he finished sixth in this race back in the spring. Um, Chase Elliott, you know, also probably going to be up there finished seventh in uh, this race. Uh, so I think you know most of the field, you know, the top ten in the playoff grid right now uh, should be contending for. Uh, the race and then i think ultimately it's you know going to come down to guys like truex and larson who seem to be really good at this uh 750 horsepower package
0: i'll go opposite i'll take uh, young money to get the dub he's been due to win at darlington for a while going all the way back to when he wore the kyle petty wig driving the mellow yellow car um i figure that's what nascar wants anyway but he's been running well whatever it may be whether they give him special arrow whatever they do but he doesn't really need help he's won anything and everything he's been jumping into for the last year or so so i figured darlington he finally gets over the hump there and he gets a major that's a southern 500 he won the 600 earlier this year he won the all-star race. Uh, if the Brickyard 400 had actually happened, I'm pretty sure he'd won that. Uh, but he won he won the 600, and he won the All-Star race. So those are two of the big major races. Um, and he had a chance to win at Daytona last week. Um, you can go and probably pencil him in to win this race. I mean, in regards to a... Dark horse pick. I'm not really sure because when it comes to the playoffs, people aren't going to go and talk about anybody that's outside of the playoffs. Uh, I think a dark horse would be Daniel Suarez because he has his moments. That team has moments uh, all through the year. And the road courses, they only have one more road course left. But the 750 package has been in their favor. Some of their better finishes have come from the 750 races. So we'll see what Daniel Suarez can do. In regards to who I think gets eliminated in round one. I think uh I mean McDowell and Almirola are automatic. Uh there are a few people, whether it's Christopher Bell, Tyler Reddick, Harvick, um, that might be in line. I think Kevin Harvick makes it through uh you're, no, actually I I agree with you, Josh, that Tyler Reddick will make it through to the round of twelve. I think Kevin Harvick gets eliminated here in this first round as well. So I'll say Kevin Harvick, Eric Almarola, Michael McDowell, Chris or actually I'm gonna go I'm gonna go a little crazy. I'm gonna say Alex Bowman gets eliminated because the fact of the matter is he has three wins, he has some playoff points and all that, but he's been wildly inconsistent. And he could have a bad night at Darlington and it could go and swap things around. Uh this round is kind of crazy with a couple of short tracks in Darlington. Uh he did win at Richmond, so that might be in his favor, but I think Alex Bowman goes and misses the second round after uh, winning, having a career year of sorts. Uh, Let's see. Going to the, um, while we have warnings going off because the freaking hurricane and the rain and the the flooding and the whole bit. So you're going to get to hear that on the pod. Um, Going into the Xfinity race, the sport clip, VFW, two hundred. You got. Try to look through this field. Dilly to three one. To Hill Tyler Reddick is in the twenty three. Austin Syndrick starts twenty fourth. You have other guys there. It's all a bunch of regulars. Hemrick, Algier, Haley or Hamrick Almendinger, Haley Algier, Burton brother or Burton cousins on row 3, Riley Herbs, Gagson, so the two daddy's money douchebags from Vegas in row 4, Snyder who shouldn't make the playoffs cuz he sucks but he's in cuz he won and then No Dick Moffitt uh round up the top 10. Hamlin is in the 54 car so, I'll just jump out and say Hamlin's going to win because he usually does that in an Xfinity car at Darlington. It's one of his only races. I think it's the only race he runs all year, um, running a Ray Hedrick uh, scheme. So, figure he goes and wins. Uh, in regards to a dark horse pick to win the race, uh, not really sure. I'll I'll go and pick Harrison Burton. I don't know if that really counts as a dark horse. He hasn't won this year. He hasn't been as good as he was last year. When you consider how weak the series is, it's kind of shocking, especially looking at the fact he's going to be driving the 21 car next year in the Cup Series. But I guess Dex Imaging doesn't really care about results because they're going to be sponsoring him driving the Wood Brothers next year. Um how about you, Josh? What are you looking at for winner and dark horse in the Xfinity race?
1: Yeah, I mean it's uh pretty hard to go against uh, Denny Hamlin at Darlington, uh, especially uh, in the Xfinity series. But you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna go a little different. You know, I'm gonna say uh, AJ Allmendinger wins at Darlington and continuing the uh, run that uh, colleague racing has been throughout uh, this uh, last couple of weeks. You know they. Won at Michigan in Xfinity. They won uh, in Cup at Indianapolis. They won last weekend at Daytona. I think they keep going on this roll that they've been on. And AJ Allmendinger goes out and wins uh, this race here at Darlington and Xfinity. And then as far as a dark horse, uh, I'm gonna go, you know, with a guy like Brandon Brown. Uh, it seems like the this track uh, might have a good result for him. Turns out with uh, maybe a, a top. Uh, 10 finish or top 15 he's definitely a guy that knows how to get the most out of his car despite having a underpowered underfunded team so i i think uh maybe they get us uh, uh i don't know to win the race but you know they're able to get uh something in the top 10 or uh in the you know top 15 they've got a um solid i mean he's a, it's a driver's track and I feel like you know guy that really knows how to get around in, in his car you know is able to around a place like darlington so uh, i'll pick
0: him there as a dark horse and mentioning another small time team you talked about brandon brown there josh uh tommy joe martins announced earlier this week with uh caesar Bacarella that they're gonna combine uh efforts and uh, caesar baccarella is gonna basically be a majority owner in a sense they're calling it alpha prime racing uh, the 44 will stay, and the big news out of that, outside of the combine them two combining efforts, is the fact that Raja Karuth, the uh, NASCAR D for D driver for Rev Racing, African American driver, will get uh, Xfinity starts for them next year, at least three, um, hopefully more. Uh, he's a real talent. He's somebody else that. Probably should be on eventually getting to the big three series. Uh, he's got the ability, he got the chops, but you know, he, the check is what really matters, especially when you think about you know, Trucks Xfinity Cup. So we'll see what happens with that. We'll see what happens with Tommy Joe and Baccarella when he's destroying his own race cars. I wonder what it'll be like when he's destroying his own race cars, like he destroys mario goslin's race cars last few years um go from darlington i think we'll just cut out the football stuff here and we'll get into your sim segment josh uh let us know where you're at what you did last week and what you're looking to do this uh coming week uh, on the sim side whether it's in 87 or an indy car
1: yeah uh this past weekend um i tried daytona at uh with the xfinity series car felt like it'd be a little bit more of a challenge especially with the low downforce and kind of was i mean you know even going through turn you know coming off of turn four or turn two there's a little bit of um uh oversteered definitely felt the car start to come underneath you, especially in a pack. And you got a couple guys uh, uh, behind you or in front of you. That was uh, definitely a challenge there. And uh, I mean, the challenge for me wasn't even really the car handling. It was the fact that my brake pedal on my steering wheel uh, set is starting to malfunction. I had uh, fake input. I did not have my, in others did not have my uh, brake or my foot on the brake pedal or anything. But I was getting input from the brake and it was causing the game to think that I um, was pressing the brake pedal when it wasn't. And so uh, I there was a couple of times where I off a of restart where I kind of brake checked the field on accident because uh, I I didn't cause a crash or anything, but it was just you know getting up through the gears and then uh, the brake would just suddenly just put on max input or whatever, and I had to drop uh, below the uh, yellow line and let everybody pass me so that nobody would crash or anything like that, and then ended up losing the draft and, uh, fell uh lap down, but was able to kind of recover and still finish in like uh 13th, uh, out of like a 26 car field or something like that. 27, uh, car field, but I uh, was able to at least somewhat recover. I mean, didn't get my lap back, uh, lap back, but, you know, I was able to kind of stick through it and try to, uh, maximize my finish, you know, for that, but, uh, to fix that problem with my, you know, pedals, I had to take everything apart and clean them out and everything. And, uh, had to just you know clean out the dust, uh, uh, degrease everything, to uh, fix all the issues and stuff. So uh, should be good to go, and uh, probably uh, test it out here soon. Did did a little test earlier, uh, well uh, last night, and it seems to be running good. But probably uh, need to see it in uh, uh, you know when I'm actually competing against other people. Make sure issue doesn't happen again, or else probably have to think about. Uh, Upgrading the pedals or something like that, which I was trying to hold off for for a while. But let's we'll see how that goes. But uh, definitely something to think about long term for sim racing. Um, and then uh, this weekend, uh, I think IndyCar is racing at Pocono on the, because uh, they have two versions. They have the old Pocono that's uh, unpaved or, you know, the worn out one with uh, the uh, the grip strip in turn three. And they've got the new Pocono that's uh, been paved since uh, 2012. So uh, might try that one out. Um, 87s at Darlington Uh, I've never raced at Darlington on uh, iRacing so I have to get a little bit of practice in before I try that one out Um, uh, I think other series that's uh, running throughout the week uh, got uh, the Mazda Miata's racing at Laguna Seca always a a fun one to try out Um, ARCA racing or the ARCA cars are at Michigan and I, I think I'm um, seeing some other cars or other series. I'm looking at the iRacing schedule right now. Um, oh, yeah, the, the Cup next-gen cars are at Iowa. So that might be interesting, a little short track action with uh, the supposed new car for the series uh, next year. Um, there's another sports car series racing at uh, uh, Alton Park Circuit, which is in Australia. It's always a, a fun, or no, that's in, that's in Britain. Um, yeah
0: that's an uh, English that's a British I was confusing that with another
1: track yeah in Australia Forgot the name Orin park yeah Oran Park yeah yeah those tracks are both in iRacing uh yeah this series is a multi-class series uh with uh the Pontiac Solstice uh VW Jetta uh the Mazda MX-5 and then the Ford Mustang FR 5000 which is basically like a it's the racing version of the uh, Ford Mustang from several years ago so uh, that one's always a good good series to get into, uh, and uh, definitely a, a lot of a lot of fun being in a multi-class series. Uh, so might try that one out. Um, that's a good track too. Um, so definitely a lot lot of racing on the board, uh, and we'll let you know when I go live and hopefully don't have any hardware issues or anything like that this time and just focus on the actual racing part uh, for me and you know have fun with it.
0: Absolutely, we're gonna go and follow you. Which we're going to find out where we can follow you, where you do all your racing, sim racing, whether it's in an open wheel car, a stock car, or a sports car. In regards to the uh, Grip Trip podcast, uh, you can follow me at Philip G. Matthew on Twitter. Follow me on Facebook as well, Philip G. Matthew. Um, you got you know Philip G. Matthew twenty eight. I'm on Instagram. The uh, Grip Strip podcast is at Grip Pod on Twitter. So Philip G. Matthew issues here. I didn't know that they were married. Well, wow. Denny Hamlin's trending on Twitter. No, so he's some... not
1: married. Oh no, no, he, he he. I saw that earlier. He's not. I don't think he was ever married. But yeah, they're
0: not married. Okay. Exactly. They're They've been. They're. They're. There's. They've been. They're basically. Yeah. Um. Yeah. The the and then, the fact that he takes two in the stink. Um. You know. So that's its own thing. Uh. Been quite for an endured two than should ever. And today was always, I hope everyone finds you for. Wow. So Jordan Fish lost her mind. Um. You can yeah, only but, pick
1: one, Jordan.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well. Fact of matter, she wants to spread for Michael Jordan. So whatever it is, she was she she was a cheerleader for his team. Um, either way, uh, at Philip G. Matthew on Twitter at Grip Pod is where um, our Twitter handle. Uh, you can find the GripStrip podcast on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, TuneIn, Podbean, and. Um, Pandora um I used to be the co-host on talking in circles that show is over uh but I go and guest I'm a contributor on the grid talk podcast uh you can go and listen to grid talk podcast I'm usually on there for the race of reviews and sometimes the previews too uh you can listen to uh Tom Horrocks and the Monkey Seed podcast monkey seed pod uh they're great with formula 1 open wheel racing in general all open wheel racing uh you got uh Georgehausen with sportlight.com where they go and cover formula 1 mostly but other types of racing and uh you know that's That's about it for me. Um, Bowling went good tonight. Got back on the horse. Got Felt better about the world. Um, Somehow or another got home in what was basically a torrential downpour and cars were flooded out. I got home. Uh, Thank you, Kia. Um, I didn't need a reason to, because I should have died a few years ago, but Kia saved me um so the fact of the matter is i'm a kia mark for life but today it was just a further comp- uh, confirmation in regards to that um i'm grateful i got home um praying uh, or thinking of the people that are not in the same position um their families uh hopefully for them to get back safely or that they're able to do what i have to do uh josh uh, before we go where can we follow you where can we go and find you um in regards to your internet streaming for your uh sim racing and anything else you want to do going out
1: yeah i mean uh you always follow me on twitter at jpl fine and twitch stream at uh twitch.tv slash utility and that's where all the sim racing stuff be on um i think maybe sometime i'm gonna actually hook up my playstation to uh that account as well and then i don't know you'll see me play as the jacksonville jaguars with madden uh 22 maybe i'll actually be good uh the other night i was the jags and uh threw a couple of pick sixes with trevor lawrence didn't rage quit stayed in it through the whole game threw eight picks uh so definitely did not play like the real trevor lawrence and ended up losing like 52 to 16 Probably should have quit, but wanted to stay in it to see if I could be any better. I wasn't, and uh, that's how it went. But then, you know, before this uh, podcast, like uh, a little while ago, I uh, was able to uh, beat the Washington Redskins 25-22 in a last-second field goal. Uh, I had started out 22-0, and then I sucked on defense and then kept going for it on fourth down uh, in the middle of the field, uh, which was not the right strategy. Uh, to do um and threw a pick in the red zone then they came back tied the game and then i got a last second field goal for the win so maybe i'll hook up the madden or uh, playstation 5 to that and uh and watch that on there and see if i'm good or bad uh, depending on how who i play and how i play so that could be interesting to watch as well but and you know, always glad to talk um you know it's always uh important to stay safe especially in the weather you know florida is always got bad weather as well well depending you know uh, it could either be hot or you know it could be rainy uh definitely uh not have been used to that for a while now but you know, of course people in the northeast get the remnants of the uh hurricane ida you know, seen some uh tweets of flooding and stuff there's flooding in uh some train station um people are comparing it to the day after tomorrow which is probably an exaggeration but i mean it is a uh, flooding a lot a lot of places saw video of somebody uh trying to deliver on their bike in floods uh feel feel bad for that guy and you know try not to try not to order uh delivery when it's flooding maybe make yourself your own meal you know definitely uh, try to be self-sustainable in that aspect but uh you know it's, it's important to stay safe in these conditions though but, you know always glad to be able to talk here yeah
0: absolutely that's what it's about we're gonna go and spend a lot of time next week or we probably uh depending on how things go we might do another episode here this week talking a little bit of football uh talking about fantasy football based on all teams i have five teams right now uh between three different apps i think i have two in one i have two in yahoo for sure i have two in um what's the bird dog a bird i can't even remember what the site is uh, underdog fantasy and i have a 12 team i'm in a 12 team slow draft and sleeper so we'll probably come back on friday you know time permitting for both of us to go and talk a little football we'll get a football primer before we get into a week from then less than a week from then Will be the uh, season opener for the NFL. We've got college football coming up. Uh, we'll go over all the races that happened here this weekend. Uh, you have Formula One, you have all three series in NASCAR. I'll pre- we'll talk about all that. We'll preview uh, NASCAR uh, at, I think, Richmond. Then you'll talk about IndyCar at Portland. And Uh, formula one and the italian grand prix we'll talk about all that along with more here on the gsp so stay safe take care of one another don't be selfish go and get vaccinated go and um care for not only yourself but your fellow uh human beings so that we can somehow or another get out of all this instead of being stuck in the twilight zone um outside of racing for josh as always be my right hand man and uh supporting me and doing his thing giving great content thank you man and for myself i'm phil matthew uh stay safe take care of one another have a good evening we'll see you and uh we'll see you next time